Okay, before we jump into today's show, I have something really important that I want to talk to you about. I'm working on this a really kind of a top secret project, something that I'm really passionate about that I think is going to help a lot of people. And I wanted to see if I could get your help. Now, I'm not going to talk about exactly what this project is, but let's just say it's specifically designed for people who do not yet have a real estate business. They wanna be in real estate. They love the idea of starting a wholesaling or a flipping or a buy and hold kind of a business. They've been listening to my podcasts or other podcasts and they really wanna get started, but there's something holding them back. There's something that's keeping them from doing it. It could be their own self-doubt. It could be friends and family telling them they're crazy. It could be as simple as they just don't have a plan. They don't know where to start. They don't even know what to do first. Like, how do I start this journey? I want to help with that. And by you reaching out to me and telling me that's who you are, that you're that person who wants a real estate investing company, whether it be a side hustle or you want to do this full time, you want it to be your main thing. Either way, if you haven't gotten started and something's holding you back, I don't care what it is. Could be, like I said, you, could be your family, could be your spouse, could be just lack of knowledge. Like you just don't know what to do first. You don't know how to start. Or maybe you don't even know what it is you want to do in real estate. You don't know if you want to flip. You don't know if you want to be a wholesaler. You don't know if you want to buy rentals. If you fall into any of those categories and you want my help with it, I am offering that to you right now. All you have to do is go to mike at juststartrealestate.com and put in the subject line, help, and I will reach out to you. I don't care if you've never done anything before. If you're completely green and you don't have a clue as to where to get started, that's the person that I'm looking for. And maybe you do know what you want to do. Maybe you know exactly what you want to do in real estate, but still something's holding you back. You have some fear or something. I want to help you get unstuck. So please take advantage of this opportunity. Reach out to me, email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line help, and I will get right back to you. We'll set up a time, we'll hop on a call, and we'll chat. I want to help you get unstuck so you can move forward and realize your dream of having a real estate investing company. So reach out to me, use that email address, subject line help. I can't wait to hear from you. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. There's only about one out of every hundred applications did I actually have a good tenant buyer. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. I have a good one for you today. I'm excited, excited, excited to bring you this interview because I think it's something that we need now, we'll need in 10 years. We needed it 10 years ago. It just, it's a, it's something that never goes away in our industry and that's raising money. And I have an expert on the show today in raising money. He is a real estate entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, and investor attraction 
expert based in British uh, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, he started his real estate career back in 2003. He did 18 deals in 18 months. He later switched his focus to client first rent to own deals, which we talk about in this episode. Very cool and interesting strategy that he used when he was starting off. Uh, and he's currently investing in multifamily properties, which we don't talk as much about. We've had a lot of multiple people on the multifamily people on the show. Uh, we didn't dive into that really, but we got into the art of raising money, which is really what I wanted to focus on. He is a leading authority on helping real estate investors find money partners and raise capital using his proprietary five-step money partner formula, which we do go through each step on this episode. So you want to you want to stay around for all of that. He helps his clients grow their portfolio significantly in record time by attracting investors. Guys, this is timely stuff. It's relevant stuff. It's stuff that you need to use in your business right now, whether you're new or you have a fully scaled up, fully operational business that has employees and everything, this is stuff that can help you. So buckle up, uh, sit down, grab something to write with, and get ready to take notes because he does share a lot of stuff right down to like actual like talk tracks of different things and, and different ways that you're going to reach out to investors, like literally exactly what to say. So this is a good one, guys. Buckle in, get ready. I give you Dave Dubow. All right, Dave, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to, to speak with you. Mike, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's a real honor. Absolutely, absolutely. So I was on your show a few months back. I had a great time. Uh, I think we had a great conversation. So uh, I've been looking forward to having you on my show. So this is a real treat for me. Uh, you've been in the industry a while. You've you've helped so many people. You have such great things that you are just a truly a master of. And I, I, I can't wait to dive into this, but I want to give people a sense of who you are a little bit. If you don't mind, can we dial this back to maybe even before real estate, if there was anything, but just kind of give us a sense of how you got into this world to begin with. What got you interested in real estate? Well, thanks, Mike. I actually, it's interesting. I was, I grew up in a real estate kind of family without really knowing it. So the home that I grew up in was actually a unit in a sixplex that my father and my grandfather built. And they lived in one unit. We lived in another one. It was kind of a wonky looking sixplex. So it was we had like a house within this thing and there was like five rental units around it kind of thing. Uh, so that's what I grew up in. So I was kind of used to there being tenants around. And then my mother way back in the seventies and eighties got into real estate investing. Wow. And unfortunately my, my parents split up when I was about 13 or 14 years old. And you know, my mom was a, a single working mom raising a snot-nosed kid, me, and still, you know, back in, in those days, managed to build up a portfolio of over 50 doors uh, without any podcasts, without any webinars, without yeah, any coaching, yeah. without any of that kind of stuff. Wow. So I, I kind of grew up around that. Uh, I remember she and my my older brother uh, were doing a, a a new build of a duplex when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And I could remember them talking about this. They're excited about this. And I said, hey, you guys, I, I want to be involved in this too. You know, they said, well, you got any money? And somehow I had saved up 200 bucks, which, you know, back in 1980 or whatever the heck it was, that was a lot of money for me. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, I got 200 bucks. They said, okay, you're in. Uh, you get to own the garbage stoop. 
<laughs> well, that was my first foray into real estate investing. I don't think that one turned out particularly well, but I kind of grew up around it. I didn't think anything about it for many, many years. You know, went to school, went to university, graduated with a completely useless degree, traveled traveled the world a bit, traveled around Mexico and Central America for two and a half years, mm. fell in love with a country called Costa Rica. Okay. I decided, you know, what the heck? I was 23, 24 years old, had no business experience, no money, no clue. I, I decided, why don't I start my own business here and try and make a go of it? So that's what I did. I was a, you know, coincidentally, I was an illegal alien. I was a, I was a Canadian wetback in Latin America. That's poetic justice. If ever. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. So I was working illegally uh, for, for a while until I met and married my then wife and uh, created a, a pretty good business down there, a language training company. Hmm. And did that for about 10 years. Like I say, got married, had a couple of kids. And then fast forward to 2003, and my daughter was getting towards school age. And uh, my wife and I decided, you know what, uh, Costa Rica is great, but North America offers a much better opportunity and a safer environment for for our kids to grow up in. So whether it's in the States, since Canada, like where I live, uh, you know, we don't realize what we've got yeah. until we're away from it. Now, nothing wrong with Costa Rica. I love the country. Fantastic place, fantastic people. But being the pasty-faced white guy I am, <laughs> whether you have money or not, you're a bit of a target, right, in, in, yeah. in Latin America. People assume that you've got a lot of money. And there is a risk of getting kidnapped, held for ransom, you or your family, these sort of things. Small town Canada, not a very big risk. So yeah. that, was, that was part of the whole decision. So we came back, well, came to Canada. My, my wife is Costa Rican. My kids were Costa Rican. Uh, we came, came to Canada and started all over again from scratch in 2003. Hadn't been able to sell my business in Costa Rica. Didn't have very much money to get started with. I've been gone for so long. I didn't have Bad credit, I had zero Which credit. is worse than almost bad credit, or it's the same at least, right? And I've been self-employed for so long, I was pretty much unemployable. So um, I was trying to figure out, what am I going to do? And in Costa Rica, we had a pretty good lifestyle. So even with a, a solid middle-class income, you can have live-in maids and gardeners and gated communities, all this kind of nice yeah, stuff. Yeah. Come back home, now I'm renting a crappy little townhouse on the wrong side of the tracks, trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. The cost of living is much higher than it is down there, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, my my wife, now my ex-wife, my, my wife at the time, was kind of accustomed to these nicer things in life. So there was a little bit of pressure for me to get my you-know-what together. So I was trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do? And that's when I saw one of those late-night infomercials. Remember those, Mike? Yeah. Was it Carlton Sheets? Is that who we're talking about? No, it was very close, though. It was Ron LeGrand. Yeah, so right Ron up LeGrand. The, sure. Yeah, right up there at Carlton. Oh, yeah. Said, I, I saw some commercial or something around that, and it said, you can get into real estate with little or no money down. And I said, that's perfect, because that's exactly what I got. <laughs> right? yep. So I said, away for this. And I think at the time, they still had VHS cassettes and, you know, big binders of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, box, I remember. Oh, yeah. Box of stuff. And I tore through that, took massive action. And the, the town that we live in was a small city, about 80,000 people at that time. 
And I applied what I learned, had to kind of Canadianize it because it's a little bit different up here than someplace in the States. Yeah. But I made yeah. it work. And I, uh, my initial claim to fame, Mike, was doing 18 deals in 18 months, a la Carlton Sheets, a la Ron LeGrand stuff, yeah. low, little or no money down type stuff. Yeah. So that, that was my first foray into uh, active real estate investing. Um, fast forward a couple of years, did that for, for uh, about two years caught the eye of an up-and-coming real estate guru up here, kind of the Canadian version of Rich Dad, and uh, came on board. He, he saw what I was doing with marketing and stuff like that. I had a kind of a strong background in that. And I, I went on board as, as the director of marketing for his companies, helped him grow from two employees to 128 mm-hmm. and seven branch offices and $200 million a year in revenues and all this good stuff. Um, really got into teaching and training people, met a lot of really smart Real estate entrepreneurs had the pleasure of uh, sharing the stage with Kiyosaki and oh. folks of, of, of that ilk, and really developed a passion around teaching and training around marketing and real estate investing, which which I've been doing ever since. Nice. So the Carlton probably Sheets, more than you wanted to know. No, no, no. The Ron LeGrand, like Carlton Sheets. I, I know it was Ron LeGrand that you listened to, but so what I want to something I always like to talk to people about, like they they hear about these infomercials and like I've talked to enough people who got that information and use that as a springboard to get started and kind of understand and get in the game. People think sometimes that you need like the most up to date current like that was last year. What's happening? What's working this year? That stuff works, man. It just works. It was just solid, basic information. I don't think it would blow anyone's socks who who, who does real estate, but but still. You know, it's like, don't wait until you have like everything you need. That was plenty enough for you to get started. I know enough people who use that type of information, Carlton Sheets, Ron LeGrand, all these people, uh, even Rich Dad Poor Dad, like just some of these basic concepts to actually get the ball in motion. That's what you need. And people are just waiting for that silver bullet sometimes. And, and you just need the starting book, playbook, right? So that that's interesting. Yeah, just, get, just get started. Just kind of like the name of your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just start, man. And and the, the good thing to know too is because we have Canadian listeners. I know we do. And I, I have a lot of Canadian friends who who are in real estate. Don't make the excuse, well, that, that's what they're doing in the States. I can't do that here. The rules are different. Yeah, they, they may be a little bit different. But like you said, you took information that was probably targeted at the United States and just just adjusted it a little bit for what you can do where you are. So that's the other message, man. Like, don't don't worry about it. If if someone's talking to someone who's maybe not you or where you live, it's all adaptable. And that, that's really important. And it's perseverance. Yeah. Like you are going to succeed because you wanted to succeed and you were going to take whatever information was available and turn that into what you needed to go forward. And, and that's a huge lesson for people because I, man, I talked to so many people who are like, wow, I'm going to go to this seminar in six months and that's going to be, no, like you can get started now. You don't need all the information. So thanks for for that. And that was not longer than I wanted. That was perfect. It was exactly what I was hoping to hear. So you got started, you, you helped build this, this Canadian rich dad, poor dad kind of a guy and, and build his business. What was next for you? And, and why was there something next? Why not stay with that guy forever? Why didn't you just continue on with him and, and make that your, your, your mission? Well, that was a, it was a good six or seven year run. Uh, you know, business partnerships come and go, like yeah. like many things in life. Sure. Uh, during that time, again, like I developed this this passion around teaching and training as well. I, I got in, tried a few different things with real estate as well. So I took some time off, jumped back in in about 2010. Yeah. So I took three or four years off, jumped back in in 2010, focused on 
what I call client first or tenant first rent to own deals. Okay. Find a really good qualified tenant buyer, go out, buy them a house, rent own it to them for the next two to three years while we help them get qualified for financing, sell it to them at the the future price, make some profits from uh, non-refundable option fees, Mm -hmm. spreads and cash flow, you know, appreciation, mortgage pay down, that kind of stuff. So I did that for, for a number of years. And then in about 2013, switched from that strategy to more of a passive real estate investing strategy. Because, Mike, I kind of realized a while ago, uh, it's embarrassing to say, but it's true. I kind of suck as the managing partner guy. Like, like, I love deals. I love real estate. I'm not good at the management side of things. So <laughs> these days, I far prefer to partner up with people who are good at that and bring money to the table and uh, and be a passive partner. Let them do what they're good at. Let me focus on what I'm good at. So that's kind of if I were I'm, gonna if I were gonna write a book on the keys to success, there would absolutely be a chapter on self awareness. Like it's it's embarrassing if you get to the end of your life and look back and realize I wasn't a good manager and I never realized it. That's embarrassing. But to realize it at some point, what you're good at, what you're not good at, lean into what you're great at and let someone else do what you're not great at. I think that's one of the keys to success. I really, really do. I, I have had a tremendous self-awakening over the last four or five years, and I've really come to terms with what I'm not good at. When I was working a nine to five job, The jobs that I held, by and large, I was not designed to do, but they were where I thought I was going to make the most money. So I tried to just cram that square peg into a round hole, and I was never happy. In my opinion, I was never particularly great at my job, although I got promoted and things, but I was never really where I needed to be. It wasn't until I became an entrepreneur, started managing people, and became very interested in the science of management and the science of, of personality assessments and things like that, which are all just tools you use to help hire and manage people that I, I really realized. And it was, I was smacked in the face with the fact that there's things that I'm not good at that I kept trying to do and I hated it and I was failing at it, but I thought I had to do it because I'm the business owner. So I have to do it. So I, I commend you for that. Actually, I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing to never either never be aware of it or deny it, even though it's painfully obvious, right? Yeah. <clears throat> that's yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's freed up a lot of mental headspace. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. I can, I can imagine. And you know, it's for me, it's details. I'm not a detail guy. Like if you have contracts and you need someone to really comb through them and make sure they're accurate and there's no, there's nothing wrong. And then you're going to send it off to the client or whatever. I am not the guy to be the last set of eyes. I would, I would be horrible at that. I know that. So I need people to help me with that kind of stuff. So I want to talk about the rent to own thing. I know that's not where you're focusing now, but for people who are interested and they heard that and they're like, whoa, 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 that sounds interesting. What was that? So uh, and I was did my investigation on you and kind of did the research that I always do when I'm going to uh, interview somebody. And I misunderstood what what that part of your business was at that time. So I, I'd like to dig in. Uh, so it sounds like you were finding properties. You, you were renting them to someone who maybe didn't have great credit at the time. And you were renting to own with the idea that they were going to buy it once their credit got fixed. And then when they bought it, I'm assuming it wasn't a land contract kind of a situation. They were getting financed through like a bank or a mortgage company right. or something. Okay. Um, so actually, a little bit different than that, Mike. Um, that's kind of the, the traditional mm-hmm. way of doing rent-to-own. I first learned about rent-to-own from Ron Grand, and I did a few what are called sandwich lease type deals back in the day when I did those 18 deals in 18 months. Um, This is kind of different. So so there's a variety of different ways of doing rent-own. 
Uh, one of them is, let's say you're, you're a landlord, you're, you're a real estate investor, and you've got a property that it's just kind of problematic. You know, you're having a hard time selling it, or you're having a hard time getting rid of renters for it or, or whatever. And you're looking for a, a way to sell it where you can get full value and you're patient. So one, one option is you can take an existing property that you have and you can sell it as a rent to own or a lease option kind of a deal. So basically you find a tenant buyer or a homeowner in training as, as we like to call them. <laughs> and you set up a, a couple of contracts. One is an option to purchase and another one is a lease. So it's a lease option, right? right. You've got a, yep. a renter, they're a lease, but they also have an option to purchase. And usually with these kind of deals, it's the option to purchase is contingent upon them following all the rules in the lease, sure. right? So they're going to be responsible for all the maintenance and the property. You know, they're going to pay you on time. There's probably a, they're, they're paying a premium. They're paying an over market uh, rental rate. And perhaps part of that is getting applied towards their down payment when they purchase it. Yep. Usually they're coming up with a fairly significant deposit. So instead of, you know, the first month rent or damage deposit or whatever is in your area, they might be coming up with five or $10,000 to have that option to purchase the property a few years out. So that's kind of the normal rent-to-own way. The other way, the way that I was focusing on for a few years is instead of starting with the house and then trying to find somebody for that house, we start by finding the person okay, and then we buy them a house. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. So we actually find somebody who really fits our criteria. They can't quite qualify for a mortgage right now but they're on track to be able to, they have the, the right income, they have the right profession, they've got fixable credit, they're on track to actually doing that. Yep. So we know that within the next two or three, maybe four years, with our help, they can qualify to purchase this property. So together, in my case, together with investors, we would come up with a down payment, 20% down, property transfer taxes, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Buy a property, uh, well, first of all, find the tenant buyer, go out with them looking for properties, just like a, a normal homeowner, and then buy that property to them, do this rent-to-own agreement with them, and sell them the property, you know, within the, ideally with two, two or three years. So I have a couple questions about that. Um, the first right. one is, how did you find the person, right? Having a house and then advertising that house attracts people. But how do you find a person who doesn't have a house but wants one and they need this help? Like, what's the, what's the mode for finding that person? Oh God, that's the biggest job. <laughs> Mike, yeah. That's that's definitely definitely the biggest part of the job. Um, it's all about marketing, right? It's all about marketing. So when I was doing this again, this is this is a number of years ago. This is twenty. This is over ten years ago now. So what I did is I had a very specific website. Okay. That was all about rental, and at the time, what I was doing was I was using that website as a squeeze page. So for an yep. order for people to actually see what it was all about. They had to put in their name and their email address yeah. to get access to the inside to find out about yeah. how we could buy them a house, right? So gotcha. that was step number one, creating this list. And then you follow up with them. So how do you get people to the website? All sorts of different ways. Search engine optimization. You can be doing uh, Facebook ads, Google ads. Yep. You know, at that time, I was still doing classified ads in the newspaper, you know, doing all sorts of, uh, of offline marketing, pu pushing people to the website to check it out. 
And, and that was very, very effective. So, but then, you know, it's not enough to get people to opt in. You then have to qualify them. So again, somebody who's going to be doing a rent-own deal is someone who cannot currently qualify to get a house through a normal, yeah. you know, mortgage. Yeah. So there's usually some some problematic area in their lives. They've gone through a bankruptcy. They're lousy with their money. <laughs> they just got yeah, themselves into yeah. debt. You know, they've been irresponsible. Whatever it is, or life circumstances have happened. Sure. But we so there's a lot. Literally, and th- this this held true for me. For every 100 applications, so this is not somebody opting into my website. It's somebody opting into the website and then filling out an application form. Yeah, there's yeah. only about one out of every 100 applications that I actually have a good tenant buyer. Okay. Because again, you got to remember uh, this this form of of rent to real estate investing is risky, right? We're buying somebody a single family house. We're buying somebody a, a home. That particular property might not make sense as a rental on its own, right? So that's the big risk. That's part of the reason I got out of the business. It's a great business as long as the market's going up. Yeah. Market goes flat, market goes down. Not such a great business. Yeah. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's what, you know, market cycles, all that kind of good stuff. So that's that's part of the reason why I switched out of rent to own and got into multifamily long-term buy and hold instead. Gotcha. Plus, it just started ticking me off that, you know, just when things are getting good, you know, you got this property, you got it going, you're making money with it. Just when things are getting really good, you got to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got to start all over again, right? Yeah, totally. So you're finding people through website. Totally get that. When you okay, so you find a person, they apply, they're they're a good fit for your for your model at the time, and you find them a house. How do you buy that house? How I shouldn't say how do you buy. It? There's a million ways to buy. It. How did you buy it? How what was your what yeah. was your uh, well? Method? That that's a good question. That leads into the whole focus I've got right now, which is this whole raising capital link. Yep. So most of us might be good, I, right? I I know how to how to how to drive this bus right to where we want to go. <laughs> you you must have been doing this for a while, man. <laughs> so so like most people, what I did, Mike, is I self financed my first couple of deals. So by this time, I've been in the country long enough. I built up credit. I had a pretty good income, had a, had a few bucks and some more home equity and all that kind of stuff. So at the time that I was doing these kind of deals, uh, the average house price in my area was $300,000, okay. okay? Which may or may not sound like a lot, depending on where your listeners are. Right. For a lot of Canadians right now, that's, you know, that's chump change now. <laughs> the average, yeah. Average house price these days. Yeah. But back in the day, that required, you know, if you're doing 20% down, property transfer taxes, all this kind of stuff, eighty dollars to $85,000 was the typical down payment. Mm. So the first couple of deals, I self-financed. I qualified for the financing. Yeah. I bought the house. I did the deal myself. Pretty soon, ran out of cash, ran out of credit. So that's when I started, you know, trying to use other people's money failing miserably at the very beginning of that. Let's, start, let's stop right there for a minute. When you say fail miserably, we mm-hmm. don't have to go deep into it, but what do you mean by fail miserably? What 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 part of borrowing other people's money failed for you? Because I hear a lot of success stories about it, but I'd love to hear what can go wrong just to be fully transparent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, that's I, I wouldn't be focused on this right now if that didn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> here's what happened, Mike. As soon as I ran out of money, and couldn't do any more deals. That's when the perfect tenant buyer 
applied for a home. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, these these were the best clients I had seen to that point. They're ready to go. They gave me a, a upfront option fee of about fifteen thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. They were serious. They had good income. All this good stuff. So I said, I I I'd heard this thing. Find a good deal, and the money will find you. Have you ever heard that one? Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, these, these people, this is going to be a good deal. So let's let's go get this thing going. Let's get it tied up. So we went house shopping. We found them a good house. Had to look around a bit. You know, did a couple of property inspections on different properties before before we found the right one. Finally, found the right house. Again, it was around that three hundred fifty thousand dollars mark. I believe yep. I needed eighty five grand for that deal. So now it was okay. I got this under contract. I've got two weeks to remove subjects. Pitter patter. Let's get out. So I know, okay, find a good deal and money will find you. You still have to do something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd also heard, hey, you know what? If you've got a good deal, then just pick up the phone and start dialing for, you know, at the end, dialing for what? Dialing, dialing for, for dollars. Dialing for dollars, exactly. Dialing yep. for dollars. Cold call. Yep. So I hadn't really done that before, but I'd seen, you know, Glengarry, Glenn Ross and, yeah. and Wall Street maybe or whatever. And I okay. <laughs> This is doable. Yeah. So I, I picked up the phone and I started calling people. Just kind of went through my contact list. Rejection. Hey, this is Dave. I got a deal. Rejection. Hey, this is Dave. I got a rejection, rejection, rejection. And I've got a pretty thin skin, Mike. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> you don't hear people say that very often. That's great, though, right? Self aware. It's good. I like that. Oh, yeah. So I did that <laughs> for a little while, not very long. I can't say I did hundreds of calls. I probably yeah. did eight or nine got massively rejected and yeah. said, okay, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Then I'd also, you know, in the back of my head, I'd, I'd heard, you know what you need to do? You need to turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. You got to get out there. You got to network. You got to schmooze. You got to use your 30 second uh, commercial or elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that? Oh yeah. Recommendation oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So again, I'm a bit of an introvert. This doesn't come naturally to me, but I'm going to force my way through it. So, you know, I go to the local chamber of commerce, schmooze up a storm, got all my business cards, doing my 30-second commercial thing, collecting business cards, no capital raised. Go out to the uh, Toastmasters, try the same thing. Go out to B&I meetings. Try. So I'm fumbling around for like quite a while, going to as many live meetings as possible. Yeah. Raised zero capital. Got a bunch of weird looks, got a whole bunch of business cards I did nothing with. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't working. And in 2020 hindsight, I know exactly why it wasn't working. It's because I was desperate, mm -hmm. right? I was just oozing yep. desperation. I needed the money right then. Yep. Okay, so that didn't work. So then, Mike, it's all the two weeks are almost up. I'm really sweating. I managed to get a one-week extension on this thing before I had to, you know, come up with the cash. And that's when I came up with my Eureka, what I thought was my Eureka moment. I said, hey. No, this deal is so good. If just enough people see it, it will sell itself. Yeah. Have you ever heard anybody say that about anything? Yeah. It's so good, it'll sell itself. Well, that's what I convinced myself. So I put together a, uh, a little PDF overview of this whole thing. And I, I sent this out by email to a couple of hundred people in my list, in my contacts, right? A couple of hundred people that I knew. And this was the first and only thing that really started to show some traction, right? So I started getting replies back to these emails. I was so excited 
right? And then I was so excited until I actually started reading the replies. And then what they were saying is they're saying, Dave, dude, haven't heard from you for a while. For some people, it had been five years. For one guy, it had been like 15 years he hadn't heard from me. And here, you know, here I was spamming them about my deal. Yeah. And all I got was a bunch of people basically saying, Dave. <laughs> so all replies are not good replies. <laughs> Take a hike. Bugger off. You know what? Yeah. And and 2020 hindsight, I I shot myself in the foot so badly by doing all of that, Mike. I really did. It, it, I turned off so many people and just, it, you know, it, it was painful. And then, of course, you know, the end of the story is, I couldn't raise the capital. I had to collapse the deal. Had to had to uh, return the my tenant buyers their their money back. I was out several thousand bucks for property inspections and mm. and, and not only that, I was in a small town, so I had some major egg on my face. Yeah, you know, the property seller wasn't happy. The realtor wasn't happy. The mortgage broker definitely wasn't happy. My tenant buyer was furious, obviously, mm. and you know it was a massive, massive failure. Yeah, and that's but that was I needed that. I needed that failure because that's when I said, I said, you know what? I never, ever want to be in that position again. Yeah. And then I, I gave my head a shake and I said, why am I chasing after this? Why am I chasing after people for capital? Dave, why don't you apply what you already understand about marketing, which is quite a bit, and use that when it comes to attracting investors and raising capital instead of desperately creepily chasing after them well by hook my crook that's kind of how i came up with what i call my my five-step process my five-step money partner formula i want to get into that but i want to say real quick everything that you tried to raise money i suspect in, in my experience talking to folks in my own experience that's how it goes a lot of times. We, you know, I, I always say, and I don't know if this is part of, of what you teach, but I always tell people the best time to raise money is when you don't need it because that desperation, <laughs> you're right. It's like, you know, the, the analogy I like to use is if you go to, if you're ever have been to the bar, you're old enough to go to the bar, whatever, you go to the bar, if if you're desperate to to find someone to dance with or to go out with, like that just people can feel that desperation. You know, it's the cool person who's like, couldn't care less either way. Like that's a more attractive thing. So uh, when you're going to find money, like the last time you want, the last way you want to go about it is when you absolutely have to have it and you have to have it fast because it's yeah. just, it stinks, you know? And if you have this network of people, I, you know, again, if you need money fast, a lot of times it'll end up costing you a little more. If you don't need it right then, you can probably find cheaper, better money. So I would love to get into the five steps. I want to hear about this because raising money is something when I started in real estate in 2008, it was desperately, desperately needed money for deals. And now you fast forward to 2020, it's desperately, desperately needed. People need to understand how to find money for their deals. And every year in between 2008 and now, it was just as important. It has never gone away. It's, the, it's one yeah. of the things that doesn't change necessarily with the market because no matter what the market does, real estate investors are gonna find a way to invest and be in the game and do things the fact that the 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 need for money is always there in every market, in my opinion. So I'd love to to dive into some of these these uh, strategies that you teach. Well, for sure. And, and the first thing we we definitely both agree on, because you just said it, is the the my main philosophy when it comes to raising capital. Because you know a lot of people think, well, I got to have a deal on the go before I can start raising capital. But when it comes to the chicken and the egg, which comes first? 
the, the, the money or the deal, what I say is the money always comes first. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean that you've got, you know, a hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of investors capital sitting in the bank ready to go. What I mean is let's get our investors lined up, ready to go in the wings. Yeah. And then we go making the deals because here's the thing. When you know you've got the capital to back you up, that's when you can go after the best deals. That's when you can negotiate yeah. the hardest. That's when you can go in with you know the mojo because you know you've got yeah. the money to back you up. So when it comes to the money of the deal, the money always comes first. And and my whole philosophy, my whole goal is let's get you a group of two, three, four, five investor partners ready to go in the wings. People who put up their hand and said, hey, Mike, you know what? When you've got a deal, count me in. I want to invest. And you know exactly how much they want to invest. And hopefully you've actually even got them pre-qualified if they're going to be helping with the financing as well. So yep. that's that's the whole goal of the process. I Does that it. make sense? It makes total sense. And I love the idea of having these folks, not the money in the bank, right? You put money in your bank account, theoretically, you're paying someone you know, the, the meter's running, but to have a bunch of people who who you've identified, they've raised their hands and you have this agreement that, hey, when something comes down the pipe, give me a call because I want to work with you. That's that's that, you know, I call it a farm team or a bench, whatever you want. Like you, you have these folks that are ready to step up and go in the game yeah. when, when you need them. So I love it. I love that philosophy. Yeah. Now, what I need to do right now, Mike, before I jump into the into this process is is do a little time out and cover my ass. <laughs> so, so you guys, what I'm going to be sharing with you right now has worked for me. It's worked for, at this point, hundreds of, of clients of ours as well. However, caveat here is I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security specialist. I'm a real estate guy and I'm a marketer. And I'm going to be sharing with you my understanding of how things work. Now, you also probably heard from my accent. I live in Canada, out and about, right? <laughs> I'm up here in Canada. Things are a little bit different in Canada than they are in the States, as we mentioned earlier. However, the whole idea works just as well anywhere. What I'm going to be going over here works just as well in Texas as it does in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, right? It doesn't matter. We've got clients in Australia. We've got clients in the UK. We've got clients all over the world. But what you need to do is before you go out, bringing investors on board, you may need to make sure that you are compliant with, with whatever your local state uh, securities regulations are with the, and that you're compliant with the Securities and Exchange Commission in the states as well. So in Canada, we have the same things. Each province has its own Securities Commission and they're just as hard asses as they are in the states. So we, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I, I need to put that out there, right? Yep, totally. This is not uh, legal advice or securities advice. Just or accounting advice. You this, know, is get, a, this is a show for entertainment, but it can actually help <laughs> you too. <laughs> right. All right. So big picture, Mike, is we when it comes to raising capital, especially for people who are just getting started, let's go after the low-hanging fruit. Let's go after the low-hanging fruit first because I firmly believe that everybody that's watching or listening to this has already has access to a million dollars of capital in their phone, yeah. in their email addresses, in the in their current contacts, yeah. right? Now it's just a matter of figuring out who's got the money and how to get it. So let's go after the low-hanging fruit. So step number one of this five-step process is let's create a target group of prospective investors, right? Right. The, and, and let's focus on people that we already have a pre-existing relationship with. 
Because Mike, as, as you're aware, in order for somebody to invest 50, 75, $100,000 or more with you, they're going to need to know you. They're going to need to like you and they're going to need to trust you with their money. Would you yep. agree? Yep. 100%. Right. Especially for us as, as mom and pop real estate investors. Yep. So if we reach out, we focus on our current contacts, people we have that pre-existing relationship with, friends, family, co-workers, business associates, et cetera. We've got two out of the three taken care of already. They already know us. Hopefully they already like us. Now we just have to work on that trust factor. Yep. How do we get them to trust us with their money? But two out of three ain't bad. I think Meatloaf said that one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he did. So, so step number one is let's come up with a, a list of prospective investors and let's not do what dumb, dumb Dave did back in the day and spam them about our deals. So step number one, let's come up with a list of 150 to 200 people. And that sounds intimidating, but it really isn't. Because what I like to do is I like to kind of work backwards. So instead of trying to think up 150 to 200 people, let's start with a couple of thousand and whittle it down to 100 or 150 people. Right. Does that make sense, yep. Mike? Yep. So the way we do that is you get your cell phone, you take a look at your contacts. Chances are you got a lot more in here than you, than you think you do. Export them all out of the phone, get them into an Excel spreadsheet. Do the same thing with your email contacts. If you've got one, two, three different email addresses, get all of your contacts from all of your different emails, get them into that Excel spreadsheet. Then take a look at your social media, right? Chances are, if you're on Facebook, you've got a couple of hundred Facebook friends. Congratulations, you've got a lot of friends, but they aren't all real friends, right? right. So let's get them, don't worry about that yet. Let's get them all into that Excel spreadsheet. Same thing with your LinkedIn contacts. Don't worry, don't filter them yet. Just get them all into one place. If you got a, a whole bunch of old business cards or address books, scan them, get them into that one place. Yep. See where I'm going here? Yep. So get everybody that, you, that, that you've got contact with into this Excel spreadsheet. Then instead of having to think up 150 or 200 people, now maybe you've got 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people. You can quickly go through it and whittle it down to 100, 150 people that you actually know, right? So if you yep. take a look at the, at the name of a face pops into your mind, keep and you like that face, keep them. Right. You take a look at the name and you have no idea who that person is, delete. Does that make sense? Yep. Keep, 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 delete, 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 delete. Get it whittled down to 150, 200 people. So that's step number one. Nice. And the next thing you want to do is you want to reconnect with these people before you start talking business. You want to have a genuine personal connection with them before you start talking about deals. Yep. What we do and what we uh, what we teach, what I teach and what I, I show my clients and what we do for our clients is we do a very simple three-step email campaign to do that, right? So email number one, just kind of a nice friendly message. Hey, it's Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we reconnected. I just want to let you know what I'm up to. Blah, 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 blah. Talk a little bit about what you and the family have been doing what you're, you know, how COVID's affecting you, what you're doing for fun, how old the kids are, the grandkids are, spouse's name, good stuff that's gone on in your life, not so good stuff. I like to kind of think of about a five-year time frame, right? Well, you know, now don't make this a, an encyclopedia. If you're going to print this out, this would probably be about maybe a page long. Okay. But just kind of, a, kind of like what I, what my aunt Nadine used to send us, a Christmas letter, right? Yeah. Every year, send out a Christmas letter with a yeah. Christmas card, catching us up on what the family's been up to. Totally. Our day version of this via email. Now, here's the trick. At the end of it, you say, well, that's what I've been up to. But how about you? 
please hit reply. Let me know how you're doing. I'd really love to connect. Yeah. Send that out to 200 people on your list. And then your job is, and you can do this through an email autoresponder. Don't try and do this one onesie twosies. Get something like get response or, or MailChimp or something like that. Yeah. So you can just set it up and send it out to everybody. Yeah. Okay. And then your job is have a genuine reconnection when people reply back to you. Right. Yeah. If somebody replies, go back and forth a little bit because there's money in those replies. Yeah. So that's the first, first message. The second one goes out three or four days after that. It's basically the same idea, but a video version. So you just shoot a short little video, two, three, four minutes long, basically talking about the same thing. But here's the thing. It's a different modality. Yep. And sending out a video is the next best thing to being there personally with a person, yep. right? Yep. So same idea. It's Dave. I thought I'd try something different, let you know what I've been up to, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what I've been up to. How about you? If you haven't gotten back to me yet, please hit reply to this email. I'd love to catch up. Yep. Okay. Send that out. So by the when you do that, if you're sending this out to a couple hundred people, you're probably going to get, don't worry, you're not going to get overwhelmed, uh, but you'll probably get between 30 and 50 replies okay. uh, to these to these messages. And there is money in those replies. And by uh, the way, step number one and two, people don't realize it because we made the disclaimer, you're not a lawyer, securities lawyer. You're, you're actually steering them out of trouble with the way you're handling this too, right? Personal network, having a personal connection, having this relationship uh, prior to talking about money. It, it's it's all good stuff, but it also incidentally is kind of keeping you out of some hot water potentially, right? As opposed well, to like just sending out something saying, I'll give you a 10% return, come invest with me. Like that would be stupid yeah. on a lot of levels, but it's also dangerous from a legal standpoint. So we're not lawyers, like we said, but, but it's good. I like that built in we're doing this the right way on all fronts. So that's good. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So that's, that. actually those two things, that's all part of step number one. So it's it's create the list and reconnect with them. Yeah. That's that's the first step. And um, oh yeah, it's, and the third message on there, this is the what I call the transition message out of this three three email sequence we sent out. Again, I like I prefer to do this by, by video. It's just a very short little video message it says something like this. Hey, it's Dave again. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. I just want to let you know that moving ahead, I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch with you. And I'm going to let you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Real estate is something that I'm very passionate about, something I've been doing really well with. And I think that a good real estate deal is the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to get an above average return on our money backed by a solid, tangible asset, a real piece of property. And who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner up with me and share in the profits on a deal. But you know what? If you're really not interested, that's okay too. You can always click the unsubscribe button at the bottom of any of my emails and you'll be taken off the list immediately. Yeah. In the meantime, it's been really good reconnecting. And if you haven't had a chance, please hit me back. Let me know how you're doing. I'd love to catch up. There Take you go, care. Dude. Talk to you. That's perfect. There you go. There's your talk track. When you're saying, I don't know what to say, he just told you. That's what you say. That's awesome. That's exactly what you say. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. I love now that. that does a lot. That short little one minute message does a lot, Mike. First of all, it lets people know that we're going to keep the conversation going. This isn't just like a, a one and done type thing. Yeah. Because marketing is all about having constant, consistent communication. So we're, we're planting the seed of that. 
We're planting the seed of real estate investing. We're going to let them know what we're going to be talking about. We let them know why we're going to be talking about it, right? It's something I'm passionate about. It's something I'm doing well with. If that's true, like if you're just getting started, don't bullshit anybody. But if if you've been doing it for a while and you're doing well with it, you know, mention it. Don't be all, you know, bravado and bragging up a storm, but, you know, just mention it. And and I, I think it is really important to say that. I firmly believe that a good real estate deal is the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to make an above average return on our money backed by a solid, tangible asset, yep. real property. Because I don't know about you, Mike. Well, I actually do know because you're, you're a real estate investor. You've got a podcast for the last eight <laughs> years. Ago. We believe this, right? This yeah. real estate, good real estate deal. 100%. I don't think, I, I don't know anything that beats it. I don't know anything else where you can, you know, you got up to eight different ways to profit from a deal. I don't know anything else where you've got that much control over your asset. It, it really is. Yep the best choice. And for, to your for, point, it's a solid asset. It's tangible, right? It's not a stock yeah. that can literally disappear in thin air, essentially. Uh, this is a, it's a house or it's a piece of property. So you're, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's step number one. Let's create that list. Let's reconnect with them. Let's get the conversation started. And then step number two, it's very important that you're ready to go with a good presentation for when somebody puts up their hand and says, hey, Mike, I'm interested. Tell me more. Yep. Right. Yep. So again, most of the people that I'm working with, they they aren't super experienced with raising capital. They aren't super experienced with doing presentations. They aren't natural salespeople. You know, none of that stuff. They're mom and pop real estate entrepreneurs. They're, you know, a lot of them are working at a full time job doing real estate part time. You know, they they, <laughs> they aren't natural salespeople. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I, I don't know. So having a really good, well structured, well laid out. Uh, attractive slideshow presentation does a lot. First of all, it keeps you on track. (laughs) And that's important because we got to remember that Mike, you and I, and everybody who's listening to this, we are weird. We are real estate weirdos. And I say that with love and affection, but it's true. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you talk to an average person or a civilian, not a real estate person, they're blathering on about, ROIs and 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 all the stuff that we do with real estate, and you see their eyes glaze over and kind of roll in the back of your head. Yeah. The average person doesn't give a crap about real estate investing. And we got to remember that, right? So our group of 200 people or 150, most of them have never, ever invested in a real estate deal in their lives. Their own house doesn't count. Right. The statistic I heard is 95% of the population has never purchased a revenue property. You know, their own house doesn't count. So we got to always keep that in mind. Yep. So yep. we have to have this presentation, walks them through, shows them in a very simple fashion how it works, 30,000 foot perspective. You know, a lot of real estate investors are analytical. Most people aren't. Yep. So don't, yep. go, don't go too deep in the, in the numbers and the spreadsheets and the analysis and all this kind of stuff. Keep it pretty high level. So a good presentation will do a lot to keep you on track and be much more interesting for the other person well. And really set you up for success because you can do everything else right, but when the rubber hits the road, you know, Mike, it's all about having that good presentation. Yeah. So the reason I have that as, as step number two is, even though that warm-up campaign, those three emails are not designed to start getting you appointments and setting up meetings, quite often that's exactly what happens. So you gotta be ready for that. Yeah. If somebody says, hey, Mike, sounds kind of cool what you're doing with real estate. Can you tell me more about it? 
you know, you don't want to try and blather on and explain it over the phone, right? That's you're going to kill you. It's going to kill the deal right there. You need to be ready to go with a good uh, investor. What I call it, your million dollar investor presentation. Yeah. And the reason I call it a million dollar investor presentation is typically over time, people are able to raise at least a million dollars through the presentation. Um, quite often, they can do it even faster than you know over a six month time frame sort of thing. So that's. I'm kind of running low on time here, so I'll fly through it here. That's, okay. That's step number two. Step number three is all about the marketing. Constant, consistent communication. So ideally, you want to be touching your list, your, your prospective investors once a week, right? Yeah. And ideally with different things, right? But at least at the rock bottom minimum, get started with one thing, do it consistently, do it once a month. And you want to do what I call edutaining marketing. So keep in mind that the person getting this stuff really doesn't give a crap about real estate investing, but they do like the idea of getting a good return on their money. So they want to know that we know what the hell we're talking about with real estate investing. So pretty high level, edutaining, you know, a little bit of education, hopefully in a somewhat entertaining format. And then that's just consistency, consistency, constant, consistent communication. Edutaining. I I like that, by the way, edutaining. I've never heard that term. So I think you coined that, but I love that edutaining. That's that's good. I think somebody else came up with that, but yeah. All right. All right. I won't credit you. I was going to credit you, but I've never heard that. I like that. It's funny. (laughs) Well, you heard it from me first. I heard it from you first. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then have a investor specific website, right? A lot of people make the big mistake of they've got their own website for whatever it is, multifamily or Yeah. rent to own or, you know, whatever it is. And then they add a little tab that says investors. Big mistake, right? I agree. You know, websites are so inexpensive and so easy these days. Get a website that is specific for your your online marketing hub for specific for communicating with your list of prospective investors. I like it. Okay, so that's the marketing part. Step number four is all about demonstrating your authority and your credibility, right? Now, Here's the thing. A lot of people say, well, Dave, I've only done one or two deals. How can I be seen as an authority? I mean, here's this Mike Simmons guy. He's been doing podcasts about real estate investing for, you know, since 2013. He's been on bigger pockets. He's done a gazillion deals. How can I compete against somebody like Mike? You don't. And you don't have to worry about it. Because here's the beautiful thing. You only need to be seen as the expert, as an authority in the eyes of those 150 to 200 people. Yep. That's it. That's all we're worried about, right? Yep. So we want to be 150 famous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and keep in mind that the vast majority of those people have never purchased a single revenue property. So you even have one deal under your belt, you're already light years ahead of them. Yep. So different ways to be seen as an authority, you know, how you show up. When you're meeting with somebody, even if it's on Zoom and you're talking about money, dress up, right? Yep. Dress the part, dress professionally, show them respect. It'll get you respect. Speak knowledgeably about your strategy and your market, right? So be able to explain it succinctly so that an average 13-year-old can understand it. If you can do that, then you know that's called the Reader's Digest level. If you can do that, then you know you're right on track. So, you know, different ways to create that credibility. The website goes a long way. Get interviewed on podcasts, interview people, write books. These are all kind of more advanced techniques, but you can get started right away just by, again, providing this ongoing edutaining marketing goes a long way to that as well. And then step number five, once you've got a couple of investors on board, Mike, it's so much easier to get more of them with effective testimonials and referrals, right? So 
birds of a feather flock together. If your investors are happy with, with what you're doing for them, uh, if you do it properly, you can get referrals and testimonials from them. Totally love that. That's a great idea. And testimonials, by the way, guys, it, testimonials are some of the most powerful things you can do in your business, no matter what you're trying to do, because to you, for you to tell someone, in essence, you can trust me, I'm, I'm trustworthy, reliable, and I'm great, and I know what I'm doing, is one thing. But if you know, if Dave tells you that I'm trustworthy and reliable and I do what I say I'm going to do, that is so much more powerful, right? So don't don't underestimate the power of, of referrals and, and testimonials. And if you have one, that one investor, obviously treat all your investors well, but you better pay attention early on too, because those initial investors could help be a springboard to other investors, to your point, number five. So I love that, man. Listen, I, we, we literally could go on for hours and talk. And, and this is so, the time flies and uh, you, you, are clearly an expert in what everything that you're talking about, which makes it so enjoyable to listen to and so engaging. So I know, folks, this was packed with value, just packed with gold. And I love, love, love having you on to talk about this stuff, because like I said, this was relevant 12 years ago. It'll be relevant 12 years from now. It was relevant 30 years ago and so forth. This is just really high level stuff that people need to understand even early on because raising money and private money, by the way, is king, right? There's ways you can get money. Like you said, you finance through the bank or mortgage company. Uh, there's hard money lenders and all these things. Nothing is better than private money. Nothing is better than private money. You're going to get probably the best terms and the best uh, rates and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, I, I always sell people and, and chime in if you agree or not. But when you when you, when you you start attracting private money, which is what we're talking about, you never really stop because if I'm borrowing money from you, Dave, at 8%, and that sounds pretty good, and I have all the money I need, and I don't really need more money for what I'm trying to do, you should be looking for cheaper money, right? You got it at 8%, try to find it at 6%. And there are people out there that 6% would be, they'd be, they'd be fine. They'd be great to them, right? Because they're getting no percent or 1% or something in the stock market. So if you can offer them 6 so never feel bad. And I think a lot of times people make a mistake of, of just spouting what they can give them, you know, when they're talking in this, once they get to the point that they are having the conversation, Station, they know they can pay 12% and it still makes sense for them. And so they'll go, I'll give you 12%, right? Well, ask people what they want. Ask them what, what would make them happy, what would make them interested and want to get involved. You'll be surprised. It's usually going to be lower than what you would suggest. So, yeah. And it, this also applies just as well for finding joint venture partners as well. Yeah. So, well, when I first got started with the, the rent own, my investors were not only bringing all of the capital to the table, they were also qualifying for the financing. So, in that case, we do a 50-50 type split, or I give them the option. We can do a 50-50 split, or you can get a fixed return on your investment. You know, yeah. either or, instead of it being a yes or no kind of scenario, it's yeah. like, which one do I pick? So there's, right. there's just so many different ways you can do it. I love it, man. Like I said, we could talk forever, but listen, I, I value you. I value your time. I really appreciate you agreeing to come on and do this and talk to my audience and share your, your knowledge and wisdom. Guys, uh, go to, please do yourself a favor, go to Investor Attraction Book dot com investor attraction book.com and go pick up his his book on all of these tactics obviously that he goes into much more detail than what we were able to in this format and you you need this i don't care what you're doing in real estate you need to raise money and you need to get better at it because most of us are bad at it and we we usually try to do the things that you did first that crashed and burned we spam people we're desperate because we have something that we need money for right now that's not the way to go about it follow dave's advice he is the expert on this dave thanks again for doing this i really really appreciate it uh is there anything else that you want to leave people with any parting words how they get a hold of you if they want or anything of that nature that you want to let people know before we go 
No, thanks, Mike. Again, I really appreciate it. No, you guys, if you're interested, go to InvestorAttractionBook.com. I'll give you my book, a PDF of it, in exchange for your name and your email address. And that's how we'll be connected. You'll be in my world. You'll be definitely hearing from me more often. I've got different things. I, I do uh, regular full-day uh, workshops on this whole topic. Like you said, this this hour went by, lickety split. We do a full-day in-depth workshop all about this. But it all starts with take a look at the book. And if you like that, we can go from there. Fair exchange. My my email address for a free book. I, I think that's fair. So guys, go check it out. Go grab that. Dave, thanks for your time. Thanks for all of your knowledge. Thanks for being very transparent with everybody. I love it, man. Your successes and failures. I love it when people could be totally honest and you, you absolutely were. So thanks for doing this. It was a pleasure talking to you and I'll talk to you next time. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you got a lot out of that. I enjoy talking to Dave. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Raising money is something that is here to stay. You need it now. You'll need it tomorrow. You'll need it in 10 years. You would have needed it if you were in real estate back 10, 20, 30 years ago. It just doesn't change. I I said as much on the show. So go check out his book. Go get that free download and engage with him. He's he's somebody who's going to be helpful to you in your business. And I really enjoy talking to him. Just a super smart guy who's been around, knows what he's talking about, no BS. And and the fact of the matter is he's willing to share with you on here like he did what he did wrong, right? Some people just always talk about what they did right and what you should do. and But he's telling you things they did wrong, right? And the stuff he did wrong, most of us do when we first start trying to raise money. So uh, I love getting information from people who are that transparent. So go check him out. But guys, it all starts with taking that first step, right? He had that first step for you. Go get all your contacts out of your phone and out of your email and all this. Get that list together. Start whittling it down. Like all these steps, you have to actually take that action. You have to do it. So go take action. Go get started. Go get his book. And and just as importantly, or, or, or maybe even more importantly, just do something. Get out there and get going. Get that forward momentum so that you can make adjustments and grow and, and learn and have your success that you always wanted. But it all starts with getting out there and getting going. So go get started. Guys, you can do it. Make today the best day. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words, just start as two words. Now just start to the number five, five, four, four, Four. So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back. And that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it, guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.